it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We've published some great episodes in the month of December, including a rewatchables with Quentin Tarantino on Dunkirk. Sean Fennessy sat down with Greta Gerwig to talk about her new film, Little Women, on the big picture. And Adam Sandler and Kevin Garnett appeared on the Bill Simmons podcast to talk about their newest film, Uncut Gems. Happy New Year from The Ringer. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, the final Against All Odds podcast of 2019. It's a big one. There's a lot going on, so much to get to. Right by my side here, working the board, CEO of Against All Odds, heel producer Jim Cunningham. What's happening, Jim? Not much, Sal. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You, oh, Another $2 million bet went down the tubes. Who did you even have last week? Uh, I don't know. I'm The Jets. And the over. <laughs> you don't, you're like Bernie Madoff. You're like, I don't care. I don't care what I'm doing with everyone's money. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Jets and the over. Yeah, the over was interesting because, <clears throat> well, the Bills weren't really going to start. What You had Barkley in there because, you know, they, they were locked into a five seed. Not a lot of points there. Their defense is normally good. We still have a few more weeks to get better at this. I'm no, I'm no one to talk. That week 17 killed me. <laughs> uh, I had the the Patriots on a money line. It's like they say, hey, you think you're going to pay for your Christmas gifts here? No, not so fast. <laughs> Patriots money line, gone. There it is. Fitzmagic goes in there right into New England. Foxborough steals the buy away from Belichick. First time in a decade they're going to be playing the first week of the uh, playoff, the uh, wild card round. And that that was just the beginning of the end for me. Week 17 was insane. Seahawks 49ers, big seeding implications, bigger gambling implications at the end. They could take the safety. They might not. He lunges forward, Jimmy G. They win by, what, 5, 26, 21. Um, we're going to cover everything today. All four playoff games, player props, individual player props. We're going to go over how those did in 2019. We're going to take a ride on Captain Morgan's Riverboat Casino and going to go over best bets and worst beats of 2019. Email us. Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. If you have any comments or want to put yourself up for the Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame, but we're not reading any email today. We're too busy. Right now, we're going to catch up with my gurus of gambling, my wizards of wagering, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the Degenerate Trifecta, Harry, Brother Brian, Darren, the Parlay Kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Well, I, I don't even really know where to begin because we could really spend an hour and a half just on 2019 player props, but we should probably let people go and spend the New Year's with their family and stuff like that. We're going to hit all four games, uh, playoff games. We're not going to touch the college this week. We'll have next week to go over that. Um, LSU, five, five and a half, six, I've seen, point favorite over Clemson, a lot of recency bias. We talk about that before Saturday. Clemson was actually a one-point favorite. If they did, they did all the matchups, all the possibilities. If it was going to be Clemson, LSU, Clemson was a one-point favorite. But LSU rolled. Joe Burrow lit the world on fire, and Clemson got lucky against Ohio State, even though they beat them by exactly you know a little more than they were supposed to. But anyway, that's where we are. We'll hit that next week. Um, Harry, what was your best bet last week? You lost, right? These bowl games are beating you up. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I lost. I had the teaser. I had Iowa State with the Air Force, uh, Washington State, cheese it bowl to go over sixty-one. Both lose. Both lose. Mm. But Harry, no, you, you, they lost. But America didn't lose. At least those who are friends with your girlfriend who got to see a nice picture, nice Christmas photo of you and your lady making out <laughs> right there. 
for everyone to see. It was, it was sent. To, I know, I know you think I'm spying on you, but this was sent to me by uh, several concerned uh, friends. Were they making out though on that photo? It, first off, it's sent to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, it is. But I'll, also, I think Brian nailed it with Brian's quote on there saying that Harry looked absolutely not thrilled to be doing that, and he couldn't have been more right. Wow. Oh. It it looked like Harry, like she went in for a kiss and Harry like turned his, he turned his lips like to the side. He wanted no part of a kiss on the lips. That was, that was, that was nice. Every time she, <laughs> every time we're somewhere, she wants to take a picture like that. And then she posts it on Facebook and then she doesn't tell me. And then all of a sudden I get a text from Sal and Sal sends a picture because he's spying, you know. That's all. <laughs> I'm spying. Well, first of all, I have a podcast to do here. So, yeah, I need to keep track of all your extracurricular activities. Sorry. Um, Jim Cunningham, what did you think of that? You saw it. Harry looked like he was in like a hostage video or something. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Shaw was clenched so tight. Uh, oh, yeah, it was good. All right. Then Parlay Kid, you saw, I mean, uh, what, and Harry t- commented on he only did it because he was promised French toast. What, I don't know what the hell goes on. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Uh, do you think, man, you think Harry would be flattered to have a girl that wants to kiss him and, and post pictures right. of it? It's really, right. it really is a shame. He should be so thrilled with this. Instead, he's acting as if it's uh, the world's greatest punishment here. It's, uh, I know. Wow. I know, Harry. You better hope she doesn't listen to this podcast or her husband. I mean, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, there we go. Whoa. All right. I'm just joking. Of course, I'm joking about that. Parlay kid, let's talk. Uh, let's talk sports. You won your best bet. Nice. You did it right. The Eagles. What did you have? It was a nice parlay. Uh, it was a two to one parlay with the Eagles, the Chiefs and the Titans. Sal. Pretty easy, right? As it turns right. out. So, uh. They're not all like that. In fact, none of them are ever like that. But uh, it was nice to hit in the final week. So now we're doing this on New Year's Eve morning. Um, I think uh, I don't know why there's a second meeting, but <laughs> it's a our, second meeting. <laughs> Jason Garrett got a second meeting to discuss uh, his future with the Cowboys. Hey. I think that was at noon uh, central time We're we're clo- we're close to finding out either um, r- r- very relieving news or just bizarre, bizarre news. Right. Yeah, uh, what's the deal with that? Uh, you know, there's speculation that the whole whole staff is being fired, which I think, would, I think they need a fresh start from every get rid of yeah. everybody, bring in somebody who brings in their own staff. But uh, is Garrett gonna like get some type of position in the organization or something? Like, what could be happening here? Uh, I know. Look, Garrett, by all accounts, is a good man, um, and and I think Jerry Jones does have obviously has a soft spot for him, but. I think uh, what what's the delay here? Uh, what's the delay? It, it should have happened by now, and um, I have a feeling we'll find out by the time people listen to this podcast. Right. Maybe maybe we'll have an answer. Maybe yes, this will an be old old news by then. I, I don't understand what Jason Garrett could say. He's like, uh, you know, I, I scored forty seven points in the last game. Name another coach that scored that many points. I guess you could <laughs> hang your head on that, but. Seven oh. out of the last ten years, not been a good decade. Seven years, you don't make the playoffs with this team. All kinds of money flying around. Um, brother Bry, you won your best bet also. Yeah, I had uh, Notre Dame minus three and a half, so I was going up against Harry. That uh, won immediately. I didn't even have to sweat that out. I uh, didn't really even have to watch much of the second half of that game. So that was a nice, uh, nice, easy one. There you go. Now let's get to these player props, these 2019 player props. Um, I'm going to talk about a strategy that I, I, I... Let's let these guys brag a little. Why not? Bry, you had the best one, I think. You had the Ravens. Yeah, well, the Ravens to make the playoffs was easy, right? Was that your? Was that the one you want to b- brag about most? 
No, I, I mean, my the best one I had, I had the Ravens plus 400 to win the division. I think we, right. you know, we did, I think, like three different pods over the summer. We did an early one. Then we did one, uh, a fantasy one in July. And then we did another one in August when we were in, uh, mm-hmm. I think, when we were in Vegas. Vegas. But yep. uh, yeah, my, my Ravens one plus 400 was uh, by far my best one. I didn't do too well overall on some of my uh, props, but... That Ravens one uh, was good from the start. I think everything I laid out, uh, I think we were all in agreement that the Browns were going to be uh, underachievers this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, you like the Steelers, but you also like the Ravens a little bit too. So uh, that seemed like an easy one. Yeah, I had field over Browns at minus 170 to win the division there. But yeah, the Ravens made, now that we look at it, it made sense. If, if you're, if you have like a, a good first-year quarterback like Lamar or whatever, you have a young quarterback coming into his, you know, second, third year, whatever, and all you need is you're an injury away from the top team to to make a wave, that's a good bet. That's what you did with the Ravens right there. Um, Lamar passing touchdowns. This is crazy. This, as far as individual leaders, Bri, you found a 250 to 1 before the year started that Lamar would lead the league in passing touchdowns. Yeah, who would have thought? I mean... With Lamar, there was also some other ones like his over under originally for touchdown passes, I think was 15 and a half. I think yeah. it went off maybe at like 18 and a half, but 15 and a half. Geez, so low. I mean, considering mm-hmm. that's one a game, but to lead the league at, uh, you know, at 36 was 250 to one. I, I, wow. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I mean, it does make sense, though. I mean, nobody was, you know, they were expecting he would, you know, his running to be great, but not a, not 36 touchdowns. So that, yeah, that you probably. I mean, that's saying that he would be 15 touchdowns off the mark. And Parley Kidd, as you pointed out, not too many guys over 30 touchdowns this year. Well, absolutely incredible. I looked that up yesterday. As you know, Sal, every week I put in a bet where I I bet quarterbacks (laughs) to throw over one and a half touchdowns a game. I I parlay it. Mm -hmm. I literally hit like three out of the four and the last one falls like one touchdown short. So I looked it up saying, what was the deal with that? It never hit this year. I was literally like, oh, for... 13 or 0 for 14 on that bet. Kept trying it and uh, kept yeah. losing. And then I looked at the touchdown leaders, Lamar Jackson, 36, and three other guys topped uh, 30 or more. So four guys over 30 passes. It just seemed like it was a standard now in the league to have a couple guys approach 40 or go yeah. over 40 and close to 50. And there wasn't one guy even close to that. Even Mahomes, I know he was hurt. But he averaged mm-hmm. less than two touchdown passes a game this year. That's right. pretty incredible. That's incredible to me. Incredible. Mahomes not starting every game. I think he started fourteen games, even though that right. one of the games he didn't finish. Breeze not starting every game. That that helped. But yeah, you're yep. right. The the numbers were way low. Way low. I, I uh, yeah. I, I don't know what. And, and look at something. Then then you got Jameis, passing leader, eight to one odds. What a godsend he is. He just is just a miracle player. Please bring him <laughs> back. I don't even understand. This one killed me. Derrick Henry rushing leader, 12 to one. I had Chubb at nine to one. I think he had like a 60 yard lead, 70 yard lead going into week 17. The freaking Bengals are trying. The Texans aren't. Henry goes crazy. I blew that bet. I did have Thomas as the receiving leader. I had, uh, I had Hopkins too, but I cashed on that at eight to one. Uh, He led in receptions also plus 450. Winston interceptions, nine to one. That just seemed like the gift of all gifts now. Uh, Aaron Jones and McCaffrey split the total touchdowns lead 28 to one for Aaron Jones, 14 to one for McCaffrey. McCaffrey had the most total yards, six to one Galladay with 11 touchdowns, 66 to one. Pretty good. 
Wow. Uh, Shaq Barrett, 19 and a half sacks, not even on the board. And then you had, uh, now, Parlay Kid, who gave out Wagner for the most tackles? I gave Wagner out at uh, yeah. six and a half to one for to, for most tackles, and he and he hit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Harry, what did you? Or Harry, you want to brag about the Bills making the playoffs? And we, I, I look, I'll admit when I was wrong, I scoffed at you. Now they're there; they're probably going to win a game. I think. Yeah, you uh, you actually touted this a couple times for me, where I gave this out at plus three fifty. Mm -hmm. But also, I probably had the easiest one out of all of them. Uh, all these props where I gave out. Uh, Big Ben to go under 4,500 passing yards. He might have had 100, and that was it for him for the season. Yeah, and that's what it is with these player props. They don't – I don't think they account for injuries. They really don't. Like that, that and everybody wants to bet over, so the number is going to be high. Yeah. You look at something, you just want to bet over. You, you don't want to You don't want to bet uh, Aaron Rodgers under. Like, that's no fun. And, you know, whatever the number is, you're going to want to look over. You're optimistic about the new year. None of these guys have screwed you in late August, so you're going to want to go over. So the thing I'll say is I had Jay Gruden, first coach, fired 3-1. to one. That I feel like that was two and a half years ago, but that one. I also had Bengals and Redskins, or Bengals or Redskins, to not to have the worst record. That was like plus 104 or something. Um, but <clears throat> the thing I want to talk about is the unders. There's this guy, Jacob Svensson, on Twitter. He thanked me for putting out, hey, go every player prop under. 41 and 9 he went. He bet 50 player props under and went 41 and 9. Now, you're going to pay a little VIG in there, so it's not exactly like 82%. I think he said it was. Uh, it went off at 70% or something, but that's pretty damn good. 41 and 9. You could send some money our way, Jacob. We're, we're, we're struggling over <laughs> here. I mean, really, I'm looking at these. Rogers under, Dalton under, uh, Big Ben, as Harry said, under, Wentz under, um, Carr, Watson, uh, even, even Breeze probably won under. Breeze won under too. I mean, Breeze is under. Injuries. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. there. Yeah, of guys. course. Yeah. It's insane. So just do it. And just so, and we yeah. say it every year, but next year I'm definitely betting all of these on the under because all you need, again, like you said, with an injury. So if you get an injury and somebody has like five player props out there, you're going to win all five. Yeah. And then even if they're healthy, you know, maybe three and two, four and one, but over over the course of the season, I I don't know. We got we just got to do it. And, I mean, you know, I might lose a lot of money if this ever if it ever reverses course. But and, right, and, um, and, and likewise yeah. too, it all kind of factors in. Like a quarterback getting hurt hurts the receiver going over. You know, so right. the receiver is more likely to go under. If a receiver gets hurt, the quarterback's more likely to go under. It's kind of all goes together. So. Um, Although it's yes. funny because like Winston, I was looking at like Winston oh, obviously well. went over on yards, but like Evans and like yeah. OJ Howard, some of them went under on receiving. Well, yards. I look so, at like, that. He had over 5,000 right? yards. I was like, where the hell did they, I know Evans didn't have like 1,500. <laughs> what, what happened here? How did these, how did he get these yards? I don't know. I, the interceptions we see, the plain to see. What a way <laughs> yes. to end the season, huh? That's the way to do it. I was saying That's like, so forget Game of Thrones. Take note. This is how you end. That this is a great season finale right there, series finale. A pick six in the last game of the year. God bless you, Jameis. But yeah, I'm looking at these numbers. <laughs> this is really like aside from like McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson, and believe it or not, like Phil Rivers, I think went over. Um, all these guys under under Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, obviously Beckham, obviously uh, uh, Devontae Adams, Hopkins, all under in their yard total and touchdown total. Uh, Saquon didn't have a shot. He was he was out of the mix. Um, like a month in, you knew he was going to miss a bunch of games. But anyway, that's the point. If you could take one thing from this podcast, bet these under. Spend some. Spend three hours. Who cares? Put twenty dollars on each of them. Um, 
And so, Brian, I think you picked it up. The overs were 148 and 246 overall. I mean, that's a lot of props to look through, but that's a great percentage. Uh, yeah, yeah, 148 and 246. So, yeah, if you put um, you put $100 bucks down on all those, you're going to, you know, you're going to win like – is what like nine grand or something seven eight million dollars something crazy all right (laughs) speaking of winning a lot of money we do this dumb pool i think i like it more than anyone else mainly because i won it the first year uh harry won it last year now this is the third year we're doing it the four of us do this it's me and the degenerate trifecta it's the first touchdown pool here's the explanation there's 11 playoff games right including the super bowl you get 200 fake dollars you have to spend at least ten dollars on each of the 11 games you take a site that you all agree on that comes up with the f- odds for a first touchdown, okay, in all the games. So let's say you have Zach Ertz. You put $10 on him at 9-1. to one, He scores a first touchdown against uh, Seattle. You get $90. And let's say that ends up being the only one that hits. Everyone in the pool owes you $90. There's no other rules beyond that. You just have fun with it, right? Am I missing something, Parlay Kid? No, that's it. Are we capping this year or we, we're going to keep it? You guys are good with keeping it? I'm good what with keeping it. What do we do? It. We, um, we didn't we... cap it last year, although none of us really hit too many. I think yeah. Harry won like three hundred bucks. Excuse me, what? I think I hit 20. No, yeah, yeah, no. Well, you hit a, you you won like 300 bucks from each of us. I mean, I, in two years, have yet to get one. So I am just donating money. <laughs> I am the worst on first touchdown. Well, I can, so can I, can I tell you, you guys what happened? are really playing with yourself. Sony, Sony Michelle was money for me last year. And, yeah. and Harry, I I never I didn't pay Harry up until we met up in Vegas in uh, August, and he was he was, he basically had no money left. I gave him uh, the three hundred or three forty I owed him. He turned it into a couple grand, like within like a couple minutes. Oh, did he oh, really? Yeah. Me, and, me and Brian yeah. playing roulette at the Planet yeah. Hollywood. Oh, I thought it was a. I thought you sold pictures of you and your girlfriend making out. <laughs> I don't know how. Okay, all right. I was wondering how you made that money. I don't need to be. I don't need to be a millionaire. That's right. Speaking of millionaires, we could bring heel producer Jim Cunningham into this. He loses $2 million a week like it's nothing. I think we would cap it. I don't know. It's you have any money. interest in this, Jim, or you just want to watch? Yeah, sure. All right. We'll bring heel mm-hmm. producer Jim Cunningham in. And, uh, you know, if he loses, if he yeah, loses, we go. won't make him pay. You know, you can't bet you can't bet Sam, Sam Darnold every week in this. Uh, forget Jim. it. We're going to figure that out. Forget it. I'm out. All right. All right. Let's go over the games. Lots of good games this weekend. Uh, Houston Buffalo. I think this was set in stone, like in week six, that this was going to be a game. It was going to be the first Saturday game. Harry, where where you and I especially are amazed by the fact. I don't know when they last did this. Where it was two AFC on Saturday and two NFC on Sunday? Did they they don't split it like this? I don't think it's ever happened, has it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I said they wanted that Patriots game at night. And they got it. They don't know how long they're going to be around, so they got it. But let's start with Houston minus three, forty-two and a half, hosting Buffalo. Um, Parley kid, start us out. Who do you like here? So I'm on the Bills bandwagon here. I know Harry's been uh, all season. Um, the Bills are six and two straight up in their last eight games on the road. They're seven one and one against the spread in their last nine on the road. Doesn't mm-hmm. this just seem like a great matchup for the Bills? Maybe. Everybody's going to be on the Bills here, uh, especially getting uh, these points here. Um, there's nothing spectacular about the Texans. Uh, Watson, Hopkins, uh, what else? A- after that, very, very mediocre. The Bills travel well. Um, their game plan doesn't seem to differ from week to week. We know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball. 
Allen's going to make a few big plays with his arm and with his feet. And they've, they've been a little underrated. Uh, Brown, receiver, went over 1,000 yards this year with 70-plus uh, catches. Cole Beasley, close to 800 yards with close mm. to 70 catches. Singletary averages 5.1 yards per carry. Will they unleash him this week where he's going to get 20 to 25 carries? Uh, maybe that's the case. They're very solid on defense. I think they stop Hopkins. Um, and not only do they cover this game, I think they have a pretty good chance to win this game. Uh, so let's take the Bills getting those points there, So I'm with you, Parley Kid. I also think this is a great teaser game right off the bat. If you could find something with it, get, get this up to eight and a half. I think they only lost by over a touchdown once this year's late October Eagles uh, went to Buffalo and won. But yeah, they are a gritty team. This Josh Allen is ready to win on the road, I believe. You got Tredavious White on Hopkins, and uh, it, that takes care of that, honestly. Hopkins yep. has been lost in some of these games, and it's all a matter of if Will Fuller is healthy. But otherwise, I think the Bills are a better team. They're better coached, and they're going to show up, and they're going to win a road game on Saturday. Um, Harry, you like the total here. Yeah, I do like the Bills, but I do like the under two of 42 and a half, right? That's what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I love, love the way this team has been playing defense all year. Sean McDermott's got one heck of a team he's put together. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Tredavious White that leads the NFL. He's tied for the leader in the lead in the NFL with six interceptions. Mm -hmm. um, and in past years, the Texans just don't get points in playoff games. Last last year, they lost twenty-one to seven at home. They only put up one touchdown. Hopkins, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, DeAndre Watson had one touchdown, and they they Wait lost by minute. fourteen points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who the quarterback or the receiver? Who are we talking about? Watson. Um, oh, combined <laughs> seven points last year versus Indy. Two years ago, they only put up sixteen against the Pats, and the year before that, they were shut out at home versus Kansas City, thirty to nothing. I just think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. The Bills are going to be able to run the ball, uh, kill the clock. Um, the Bills in their last eight of nine matchups, the last eight of nine games, games gone under forty-two points. Um, the last uh, four wildcard weekends, like I said, the Texans games have gone under three or four of those. Um, in the last four or five games between the two, the teams have gone under two. And uh, in the first playoff game uh, of the 2019-20 season, this will be a solid under under 42 and a half in this game. It sound, why don't you just ride the bill? I mean, you picked them to make the playoffs, and the 80% of your explanation was pro bills. Just take the bills, right? You like the under more than the bills? It's very very difficult for the Texans to get rolling when they uh, have a playoff game. Even when they won uh, at home about four or five years ago, it was 1913 against the Bengals. So uh, I just think that it's very difficult. Last year, one touchdown the whole game right off the bat, and they couldn't get anything going the rest of the All game. right. Well, there you go. All right. Just take the Bills. All right. The, on the, Harry likes the under. Uh, Parley Kid likes the Bills. I think the Bills pulled the upset here. Let's go to Saturday night. Oh, this is fun. New England. Four and a half, 43 and a half over Tennessee. It's in Foxborough. This is the first time in a decade they've played wild card weekend. I got to tell you, I think it's been fun to make fun of the Bill, uh, the Patriots and how they blew it and how Fitzmagic stole their buy and everything. But now as everything settles in, you look at the line and it's edging up a little bit. You've seen five in a lot of spots now. You're like, all right, do I really want my money on Tannehill over Belichick? Brother Bry, I don't. I don't think you do either. 
No, yeah. Look, am I concerned about the Pats? Yeah, I'm concerned about them. But they're playing a team, you know, they're, they're going to be playing a team that runs the ball well. They have the former Pat and Vrabel as the coach. But there is no way I'm taking the Titans in this game at Pats with Tannehill. I mean, again, the spread started at four and a half. It's now five. Probably should be more. I don't know. Typically, this would normally be like in a normal year, this would be six and a half or seven. Like, how bad would you feel, though, in this game? Again, I think I'm doing this more on my feelings. Like, if I bet on the Titans and they just go into Fox and get blown out, I am going to feel like absolute shit. Um, But again, I think I think that even if they're going to have a down year this year, I think they're they have one good game left in them. I mean, look, just two weeks ago against the Bills, I thought they played a great game. They could have blown out the Bills in that game. Bills kind of lucky to stay in that one a little bit. But Mm -hmm. I think you're going to. I expect the same type of game from them. Look, Pats are seven and two against the spread in their last nine playoff games. Titans one and five against the spread last six versus the Pats. Um, but like I said, I'm there's no way I'm taking the Titans here. Um, I feel like a lot of people are on them, but I'm back in the Pats minus five. Yeah, just seems I'm trying well. not to fall for the trends like Brady at home and the playoffs and all this because I know this is a different team in a different situation. But just last year. The Chargers went to Baltimore and won in the playoffs and then went to Foxborough. And I think just as many people thought the Chargers were better than the Patriots as think the Titans are better than the Pats. And maybe they are, but when push comes to shove, they just get it together. And yes, they probably could have used the rest, but I think the secondary plays like we saw earlier in the year. And I think we get a big game. They're going to pressure Tannehill. And I think we get a big game from James White. I think you're going to have like an eight reception, 120-yard game. Like, oh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Patriots win and cover. I, I just don't think they lose to the Titans at home. I think they have one good game. And, and then they have momentum. Then it's like, oh, shit. I love the Chiefs over the Pats, but now now I'm not sure. But So I don't think they're dead. I'm not writing them off for dead just yet. Titans might be better. I just don't think it's going to happen uh, this week. Harry, you again uh, going over under here. Yeah, I'm going to go the over here, Sal. You make a great point. Like, Remember, I mean, no, it's not a wild card weekend game. It was divisional playoffs last year but everyone said that you know the pats were down worrying about their offense what they do when they went out and played and actually in the playoffs they put up 41 against the chargers and rolled and the game was over by the early uh third quarter i mean like you said uh derrick henry 1800 yards 18 total touchdowns he's back and he fired away last week and and uh white it's definitely underrated uh running back he had 72 receptions this year five for touchdowns and he always seems to be clutch when it comes to playoffs um, Titans have been scoring a lot lately, though. You know, that nine straight games, nine straight games the Titans have played. The game's gone mm-hmm. over 43 points. Um, uh, eight games, uh, eight last games, the winner has scored at least 30 points in those games um, of the Titans have played. And uh, in the Pats' last nine playoff games, the total has gone over in seven of them. So, look, when it comes to push comes to shove and, and the Patriots come out in the play in the, in the playoff games, they just light it up on offense. They find things to get done. Maybe look again, look for my boy, Nikhil, Nikhil Harry, to have a big game and uh, make some plays, too, downfield. He's been, uh, he's been, Brady's been looking to him, so looking for a big game out of him, and uh, this game goes over. I do think that's, that's it. Fourth quarter, he blows it open with one uh, long play. A little lapse in the secondary for Tennessee, and that's how it goes. All right, let's skip around. I know this is the last game Sunday, but I want to do Seahawks-Eagles. Um, this open that Eagles minus one, everyone's betting Seahawks minus two. Talk about recency bias. This is kind of the opposite of it. We saw the Seahawks. All right, they lost. They lost, but they lost by like three inches. Maybe that's, maybe that's a thing, and people saw Russell work his magic. 
in the second half at this Eagles team who's quietly like put together a winning streak. And in the in the fourth quarter, especially good, like 50% converting on third down. Carson Wentz's numbers are excellent. Seahawks still banged up. You can look at that injury report from last week. It doesn't get much better. I felt like I felt like uh, Russell was doing like a Peloton commercial for three hours, just running around and was lucky enough to be in the game. Um, I don't know. Parlay kid, you want to go over under here? Yes. Uh, this is a, um, with both the uh, teams suffering so many injuries, I think it's tough to pick a side here mm-hmm. uh, because of that. Um, so let's just take the under 45 and a half points uh, in this game. The Eagles have gone uh, under in their last six home games. And that includes a game against Seattle back uh, in no- late November with Seattle winning uh, by the score of 17 to nine. So mm-hmm. uh, could this play out kind of similar to that? Uh, it's very possible in my book. It will. In fact, the average score in these last six home games have been combined 32 points. So really low scoring games in the last six in, in Philly. So um, what would change? I'm not really sure. I think both teams here because of their injuries are going to wait for the other team to kind of blink first. I think you're going to see, Team's trying to run the ball, a little conservative to start. Uh, I think uh, the weather is going to be a little chilly uh, in Philly that day, which um, I don't know how much of an impact that that even has on some of these games Mm -hmm. anymore. Uh, But uh, there's just not too many dynamic offensive players in this game. The Eagles still have a rugged defense. Seattle's defense is banged up, but um, might not get too exposed with uh, Philly just having such a lack of weapons. 45 and a half is a, a a pretty decent total here. So let's take the under in this game, Sal, and stay away mm. from the uh, uh, a winner here. Well, Parlay Kid, you obviously haven't heard of Boston Scott. All the announcers and the public taking this public by storm. Everybody uh, loves Boston Scott. They love saying his name, at least. Uh, but you're uh, right. The weapons aren't there. I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm, might be inclined to stay away also. I know this is the last game of the weekend. You really shouldn't stay away too much with 11 playoff games. Um, uh, Brother Bry, convince me. I'm leaning Seahawks, but go ahead. Convince me of it. All right. Yeah, I'll try to convince you. I do like the Seahawks. Well, I like them. I don't know if I love them at minus two. I think uh, Darren might be. Maybe Darren's right. Maybe the under is probably the better play here. Look, the only thing, Philly's won four games in a row, but all of those games have actually been really close games against shitty teams in their division. And we've made mm-hmm. fun of that division all year long. So I'm just going to continue to ride that, even though it, it's weird because Seattle's it's funny. They're one and three in the last four and they really haven't looked great either, except for maybe that fourth quarter against San Francisco. So I do think this is going to be a close game. I just think that Wilson shows some late game magic in this and wins. A, a, I, I, I feel much better just taking Wilson late in the game. Uh, we know it's going to probably be, come down to the end again. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel so much more comfortable with Wilson here. Um, and like Darren said, I mean, Philly has so few weapons at this point. I mean, at least Seattle still has some weapons on the field. I, I just feel like Wilson will make a few more plays with, with his feet than Wentz will. Um, when you look at Seattle, they're 5-1 and one against the spread uh, the last six in wild card. They're 5-1-1, one, one, one one, last seven on the East Coast. They're 5-0, and oh, last... Uh, five versus the Eagles. So I think, um, I, again, I don't necessarily love it. I like it a little bit. I lean that way, uh, but I also like the under in this. Yeah, I uh, 
Yeah, I mean, if you think it's going to be close to three quarters and then you have to pick between Russell and Wentz, even though I just said that Wentz's numbers are pretty good in the fourth quarter of the last four weeks, you want to lean Russell just because of the Russell Wilson magic and everything else. And but like we saw Sunday night, even though they came up short, still one of the top teams. Um, let me ask you, Harry, as a Giants fan, you were rooting against the Giants week 17 because that would only help the Cowboys get to the playoffs. Be truthful. Well, uh, you know what? Actually, no, that's not true. First off, I really thought the Giants could win the game. It was the fourth straight division game for Philly, and it's all banged up. At plus 170, I thought the Giants had a chance after the last two wins. But also, what I wanted actually to happen is the Giants beat the Eagles. Dallas can go ahead and beat Washington and win the division, Mm -hmm. and then let you guys get thrilled when you actually maybe win a playoff game and then lose the next week, and then what do you do as a Cowboy fan? Where do you go from there? Because now you're all set to get rid of Garrett. He wins a playoff game, wins the division. That's what I wanted, and then get smoked in the next game. Then what does Jerry do? I keep checking my phone. I don't know what Jerry does, but now, at least by the schedule, they've been talking for 15 minutes. So now, Parley Kid, it's over 15 minutes, and they still haven't made the decision. I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like this at Terrible. all. Terrible. Guys, yeah. by the way, when, I know like Russell Wilson, you guys just mentioned, his percentage is like the greatest ever to ever not to not lose two games in a row. Has mm-hmm. he ever lost three games in a row? This would be three in a row. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And they're seven and one. Well, they're seven and one on the road, right? Four and four at home. Is that what it was? So don't don't think that it's a long trip, but um, maybe, maybe doesn't make that big a deal. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, I went out of order here. New Orleans minus eight, 48 and a half home against Minnesota. Lot working against Minnesota. First of all, don't put Greg Mannion in. Don't, that guy was a disaster. They should not, they should not start him at all. Um, Dalvin Cook is, is, says he's ready to go. That to me is huge. I don't think they have a chance without him. If he plays, they do have a chance. You have, what do you have working against you? Well, the Saints are peaking. They really are. Their defense is playing rock solid. Their offense has been spectacular since uh, the Atlanta loss, which is a weird one. And oh, and then you got the Minneapolis miracle, like Stefan Diggs, maybe apologize, apologize for that. And maybe the Saints won't, will take it easy on you. But I think this is a two touchdown game. I think the Saints win at home. They don't play any games. Harry, you disagree. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings here. I've been on this team all year. And I just think, I don't know, it's probably just me. But this game, it just looks too easy here for the Saints. Um, look, I'm going to give a couple of reasons why. I mean, like you, they're home. In six of the last seven games, the Saints have scored at least 34 points. Definitely revenge on their mind, as you just mentioned, Sal. Uh, everyone says uh, Kirk Cousins can't win big games. And Michael Thomas had a season for the ages. 149 receptions, over 1,700 yards. Vikings ended the season losing two of the uh, last two and three of the last five. But, yeah, I think with Cook in there, they definitely have a chance. But I think the, the toughest and the, and the most important player that's going to be playing this game is the defensive end for the, for the Vikings, Daniil Hunter. He had 14 and a half sacks. The guy's all over the field. Has to put pressure. Has to do some things here to get the breeze so they can maybe force some, some turnovers. Because look, Minnesota, 5-1 and one against the spread in the last six on the road versus New Orleans. Uh, the Saints are just 2-10 and 10 against the spread in the last 12 playoff games. As a favorite, and this you'll love this one, Brian. The Vikings are nine and two in their last eleven games versus dome teams, and two and one against the Saints. Mm. 
Well, Brian, do you love that one? You love that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll tell you who loves it. Kirk Cousins got lucky because if the Patriots don't blow that game, they get the bye. And I'm almost positive they stick this game at night, Saturday night, the Saints uh, oh, for Vikings. Sure. And then Cousins Cousins is a disaster at night. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they play games close. They, they killed the Eagles. This is what they've done in the playoff teams. Stayed within a score of Seattle, which everyone has. And they lost to the Chiefs by a field goal. I think that was the Matt Moore game, but uh, one of the Matt Moore games. But um, yeah, they keep close. Uh, Coach Zimmer says, I don't think anyone believes we can win this game. Well, go out there and win. Win a big game. Make a statement uh, win, Kirk Cousins. I don't see it. Um, Brother Bry, you like uh, you like the total here. Yeah, I like the over 40 and a half. It, seem, it seems a little low to me. I would never go under in a game at the Saints. Uh, the Saints offense, like you were saying, has been explosive. They're averaging 40 points a game in their last four. Whereas Minnesota's offense, while it struggled recently, I, I don't count any of those. I mean, with Cook in the lineup the last five games, they've averaged 29 points a game. So you're looking at totals. Um, the Saints have gone over 10 of the last 12 playoff games when they're favorite. Uh, eight of the last 11 Vikings Saints games have gone over. The Vikings games have gone over six of the last eight. Um, I'd be a little nervous maybe laying the eight here, maybe based on some of the things Harry was saying, although I, I would lean the Saints in this one. Um, but it's it's not a primetime game like you were saying for Cousins, so I expect them to put up some points. I expect the Saints to put up plenty of points, so 48.5 seems low. All right. Um, there you go. So those are the four games. Now, Harry, I think you mentioned that you love this week. more. I, I like next week better than any for football. Uh, that That's because oh, those are the... Yeah, the bye teams, they they have a legitimate shot at making the Super Bowl. Some, some Most of these teams don't this week. But Vikings are making a run. I was looking through everyone's futures. You do have a future ticket on the Vikings, right? It was 16-1 or something? Yeah, that was I got that. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, you, you get better today for sure. All right, let's take a quick break. January is here, and that means January sports are here. Pro football playoffs are kicking off, the college football season is wrapping up, and the NBA is getting into full swing. And if you're as excited as we are about the best sports month of the year, then you'll want to make sure you enjoy all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is America's biggest online sportsbook for a reason. They've got all the bets you could want, they've got a great, easy-to-use app, and once you win, they get you your cash fast. And if you've been holding out on trying FanDuel Sportsbook, then now's the time. Because right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new users a free $50 bet just for signing up. Brother Bry, why don't you give our good listeners a tip to use their $50 free bet on? I'd take Nevada plus eight against Ohio and the Idaho Potato Bowl. You'd have to be a total moron to back a MAC team that's 4-8 and eight against the spread this year, laying this many points against a Nevada team that played pretty well against Fresno State and San Diego State. Give me Nevada plus 8. You heard it here first. got to be a total moron to take Ohio in the Idaho Potato Bowl. This free $50 bet is only available for a limited time, so don't wait to get your piece of the action. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app on iOS or visit fanduel.com slash android. And be sure to sign up with promo code ODDS to get your free $50 bet. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code ODDS, O-D-D-S. Must be 21 years or older, present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Indiana. Free bet issued is non-withdrawable site credit and expires seven days after receipt. $10 minimum deposit required to withdraw any winnings. Terms apply. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, we're back in Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Heel producer Jim Cunningham's here. The Degenerate Trifecta is with us. Brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. This week, I'll tell you what, I spent uh, Christmas Day with the captain. Captain Morgan himself. We sat, we watched a Christmas story together. It was on a loop all day. I don't know what it was, uh, TNT, TBS. You could catch it like 60 times in a, a two-day span. But I watched the scene. Remember when Ralphie beats up uh, Farkas, the neighborhood bully, who had braces? The, the kid had braces. The kid, kid's getting into a fight every day, but his parents are like, you know, we got to straighten his teeth. That, that, that cracked me up. I thought that was funny. Anyway, Ralphie gets the best of Farkas, puts him down. Bloody's he's a bloody mess. Quite an upset. One of the biggest upsets, I think, in movie history. So I said, Captain's like, hey, why don't we put it up? to a vote and can bet on this. What's the biggest upset in sports movie history? Have some good choices here. Daniel LaRusso over Johnny Lawrence and the Karate Kid, three to one odds. Rocky over Drago, seven to one odds. The Bad News Bears, 10 to one odds. Or The Field at five to two. Uh, Brother Bry, which one are you going with? My God, th- this is maybe my favorite uh, Captain Morgan yet. Uh, so many good ones. Uh, it's probably impossible yeah. to do just one. We might have to do. I, I just love the idea of coming up with uh, fake lines for all of these movies, like in-game lines, actual lines, like the Rocky Four yeah. line we were talking about yesterday. While it probably w- wasn't that high, when he was down 35 points going into the 15th round, he was about a trillion to one. So, <laughs> um but so many good ones. You have uh, some Little Giants, Necessary Roughness, Space Jam, Dodgeball, Vision Quest was a good one. But I'm gonna go mm-hmm. with I'm gonna go with Teen Wolf, uh, in the championship, oh. in the championship game with the Wolf. If they have the Wolf, uh, Scotty's team is favored by what? They're like minus two thousand, minus three thousand favorite. With right. without the Wolf, with just Scotty, they're probably a plus two thousand underdog. We we forget how bad that team was before that game. Um, and then plus when Scotty comes into the gym, the game is 22 to three. They are losing when Scotty comes in, they don't have the wolf. <laughs> they must've been like a thousand to one at that point. Did you see the roster? It's Scotty. It's the guy from Melrose place. It's the fat kid from Pee Wee Herman. Right. I mean, I could talk about this forever. The weird thing about that Beavers team is they had a lefty on the team that was actually really good. They never got him the goddamn ball. I still mm. don't know why, but. If you, uh, there's so many things, it, so many great things about this movie. The fact that they really ran like three plays and they just kept re- running them over and over again. And that's how they, they were doing the scoring in that. Uh, the win right. in the end song was great. But, but in general, um, at 22 to three, they were probably the biggest underdog with just Scotty on the floor that I can remember in any movie. Interesting. Well, I'll say that I don't want to put a pin in your, in your, uh, in your bubble here, but it, it's based on a true story. <laughs> the, the wolf. I mean, the wolf wasn't Michael J. Fox, but there was a wolf that came. All right. No, no. Well, that's a good one. Team Wolf is that definitely a good one. Uh, Parlay Kid, who are you going with? Well, so I was all set to take uh, Daniel LaRusso, take the favorite here. Um, mm-hmm. Being that little known fact, uh, I actually grew up for a little bit uh, next to his uh, Ralph Macchio's cousin was a neighbor of mine oh. uh, growing up. Uh, Ralph uh, was a, a Dix Hills boy, I think, for uh, for a little bit. And uh, right. his cousin lived next to us. And your cousin Jill dated uh, Johnny Lawrence, right? 
uh, for a little bit at one point. She did? Isn't that, isn't that a fact? Didn't she date the bad guy from the Karate Kid a little bit? I don't know. I don't know if she did. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, look, the, find that out for me. I'm pretty sure All right, she it's did. It's a good rumor to spread anyway, but God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had not heard of it, but. <laughs> but Sal, but Brian brought up the best one of all time, Vision Quest. Yeah. Uh, right? Loudon Swain versus Shoot. Uh, a couple of things here within the wrestling world, if you know. Why was uh, Loudon Swain the guy who was sucking weight in that movie all the time, mm. right? Didn't he always seem to be the smaller wrestler? Uh, compared yeah. to to Swain, it didn't. It seemed like a total mismatch. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, shoot, carrying the logs up the steps of that right. movie. And Matthew Modine was a rather of a a nerdy guy. But look, that movie. How have they not made another one of these movies, Sal? You're in Hollywood. Vision Quest <laughs> wrestling wrestling movies a little underrated. Uh, the last one called Win Win, Sal. Very good with uh, Paul Giamatti. Very uh -huh. underrated movie. If people here have not seen it, we could also say use that in this. But Loudon Swain pinning shoot uh, in, in Vision Quest was right. maybe the greatest sports upset of all time. And honestly, uh, maybe the most underrated sports movie of all time, Vision Quest. Nice. Well, well very uh, uh, picture I heard, hold dear to my heart. Me putting Matthew Modine in a wizard. I don't know where the hell we were. Simmons was with me. We met him. I think I guess it was at a Super Bowl or something. I saw him and I asked him if I could put him in a way. I mean, he looked at me like I, I was speaking Mandarin. He was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I was like, "Come on, it'd be a good picture." I secure the arm, <laughs> lean forward. He pretends he's in pain. It was great. All right, Vision Quest, um, most biggest upset sports movie history. Harry, what are you going with? You know what? I was gonna go. Uh, I was gonna go with Hoosiers. I could watch that movie any day of the year. 365 right. days a year, but still, yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Major League One. Uh, an amazing comeback to the season by the Indians uh, in the regular mm -hmm. season to force a one-game playoff versus the Yankees. Uh, the cast of characters that were in that movie, uh, Pedro Serrano, uh, uh, you know, bashing the ball, uh, you know, Joe Boo, um, Rene Russo when she was actually pretty hot, and uh, and and Bob, wow. Bob Uke. Bob Uecker, of course, is Harry Doyle, right? I mean, how great was that? But still, uh, mm -hmm. in the ninth, Lou goes to Harris to start the game, and then he goes to uh, Ricky Vaughn in the top of the ninth. Three fastballs to strike out Hayward and the to, to uh, end the end the top of the ninth in the bottom. It couldn't have been more cheesy than to have to, Tom uh, Berger on Berger. <laughs> Jake Taylor to have uh, two broken knees, you know, and uh, a swinging bunt, and Willie Mays Hayes scores from second base to win uh, the division, win the game in the one-game playoff. That was so so amazing, ridiculous. All right, oh, you know what? I think a nice backhanded compliment to Renee Russo. We should have her on the podcast, Jim Cunningham, and have her critique Harry's makeout uh, photo from Facebook. I think. <laughs> I think that's the only way. Be hotter there than in Tin Cup, right? All right. Well, yeah, people get older. <laughs> that's what happens. I don't know. Maybe her husband was going to make her French toast. Some pictures of her making out with girls, is she? I don't know. We'll have Jim on. <laughs> we'll have Jim look into it. All right, Jim, what's the biggest upset in sports history? Um, I'm going with the 1996 film Sleepers. Are you guys familiar with that feel-good movie with Kevin Bacon and Robert De Niro, oh, Brad yeah. Pitt, about the kids <laughs> who get locked up in juvie? And then they play the guards oh, right. in football, and they convince the one kid, Rizzo, to play with them, and he's really good, and they beat the guards. Huge upset, such an upset, and the guards are so upset that they 
beat that kid Rizzo to death. <laughs> so I think anytime you get a child beaten to death, it's probably the biggest upset ever. <laughs> All right. I like that. I mean, there's just so many. Whenever the guards oh. eat it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, there's a, forgot about the longest yard. too. Yeah, yeah sure. oh, there's so many. There really are. Rudy. I mean, Rudy is the quintessential, but that's a true story. So I don't know if we get into true stories, there's a million of them. Uh, how about white men can't jump? You can't, yeah. you can't dunk the whole freaking movie. And then in the highest pressure situation, he gets it done. No, I'm not buying it. I even say Miyagi over crease. Um, might have been bigger than Daniel LaRussa over um, <laughs> over Johnny Lawrence. Um, how about John DuPont killing Dave Schultz? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Shoot, that's, no, no. Probably said. But listen, mine, Stallone, not even any of the Rocky movies, Stallone and Over the Top. Oh, Lincoln yes. Hawk. That's a good one. Lincoln mm-hmm. Hawk against Bull Hurley. But this Bull Hurley, the guy's got uh, more rolls on his neck than a, a sharp eight dog. He's built like a brick house. His arm's... <laughs> thicker than cinder blocks he's two millimeters away from pinning stallone's knuckles down Bry, you talk about live bets that's minus 500 million at that point and stallone though he goes over the top bloody nose and all he does it what, that's my uh, what about what about stallone's son when he does it too to that other kid that those are all oh, right too jeez he that's definitely not one. There's so many. I mean this could be like a three-hour podcast so uh so you know what let's do it let's team wolf it. two no. the boxing <laughs> You ever watch that? Those odds had to be crazy. Wh- which Wolf one, Jim? Team Wolf Two, where oh, he's yeah. uh, the, the boxing. With the, the werewolf is a boxer yeah. in college, and like college kids have to actually yeah, it's, it's box J- a werewolf. Jason, They're getting Jason like, Bateman. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, <laughs> Michael J. Fox's cousin. Uh, they, no, Dude, it's amazing. You should watch it. Uh, my cousin Joe might have dated him. I'm not sure. Like that. <laughs> All right, that's another week we'll face, of buddy. Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please. Drink responsibly. Captain's orders. It's time for Sharp Tank. These guys, they're boiling over. There's best bets. My God, there's so many. I guess we'll assume people are listening today. I don't even know what some of your best bets are. Uh, There's a lot of New Year's Bowl games and stuff, and obviously the four playoff games we mentioned. All right, let's start you off, Parley Kid. Who do you like? My best bet this week, Sal's the Saints. Uh, An eight-point favorite. Isn't this an angry playoff team right now, the Saints? I mean, they finished 13 and three. Now they they don't even get a first round bye, winning 13 games. Uh, they're angry over the last couple of years, the way the playoffs have ended. Uh, in particular, uh, c- a couple of years ago uh, against the same Vikings um, mm-hmm. that uh, they lost. And uh, so, quite frankly, I, I, I really like them. I don't think this game is ever going to be very close. Uh, the Saints, uh, you said before, a clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Kamara is now uh, back to being himself uh, the last few games, scoring touchdowns, running wild. Michael Thomas cannot be stopped. And their defense is very solid. And their defense will do a good job of stopping Dalvin Cook. They're going to put the pressure on Kirk Cousins to throw the ball and win the game. He has proven he cannot do that in these type of situations. There's no better crowd than the Saints crowd, too. That is a mm-hmm. very, probably the most difficult place to play uh, in the NFL, in my book. So I think the Saints cover this game and uh, they win it going away uh, at some point in the second half. They really start pulling away. So mm-hmm. Saints minus eight, my best bet of the week. All right. And you know what? If nothing else, part like here, we could look at the sideline and see Coach Zimmer and Coach Payton and say, ah, oh, this is what could have been, right? Yeah, this is what absolutely. Could have been. Yep. <laughs> All right, Harry, coming off a loss. What do you think? Best bet. 
Yeah, I'm going to go Friday to the Idaho Potato Bowl Ugh. in Boise, Idaho. Ohio is minus eight against Nevada. Now look, Ohio six and six. Nevada uh, is seven and five. The reason why Ohio is minus eight here in this game, uh, way outclassed them. Nevada had a very easy schedule. They're very lucky to be even in bowl. Their quarterback uh, Nathan Rourke had 32 total touchdowns this year. The the whole team of Nevada, their quarterbacks had 13 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Uh, also, Ohio in their last seven games. 41 points per game they're going for. They've got three running backs that got 550 more or more yards rushing this year. And Nevada, in their losses, gave up 77 to Oregon, 54 to Hawaii at home, 36, 31, and 33 to UNLV to close out the season. UNLV fired their coach and didn't make, the, make a bowl game. So I'm going to go with Ohio to roll on Friday afternoon, minus eight in the Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise over Nevada. All right. That's the only game Friday, right? Yeah, I know there's so many freaking powerhouses all over the place, and Harry's doing the potato bowl, of course. All right, Harry's on the potato diet. Uh, Brother Bry, what's yours? All right, so every playoff season, I love the under one and a half shortest touchdown bet. It usually doesn't come out until like, you know, a day or two before. Um, It used to be like minus 120. They've gotten a little smarter. It's now between minus 130 and minus 150. Um But I am looking at the Saints-Vikings. I'm expecting a lot of scoring. So hence, that's why I think out of all the four games, they're my favorite to go under the one and a half touchdowns. Um, That under one and a half touchdown bet's gone eight and three the last two seasons. I think it was even better the year before it. I just didn't feel like checking uh, today. Mm. But um, (laughs) it always, you know, you could see Breeze in this game. I feel like the Saints, every time they ask for a pass interference, uh, they kind of get it. Uh, I think they're due a couple of calls. Uh, probably still. So um, I could I could definitely see a few plays at the one this weekend. So I like that under one and a half. But like I said, you'll I probably have to play bet. between minus 130, minus 150. And you got to think, all right, yeah, you're right. Saints are owed some calls. You know, biggest call. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, a little pass interference, put the ball at the one. And like, let's mention this. Anything inside the two counts as a one-yard touchdown, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, usually, well... It's a as long as just it's say, like within the yes. one and a half, you know, as long as it's one and a half. Yeah. If it's close, I feel I've seen, I know I've seen, it's yeah, weird. I've seen it, the ball almost touch the two and it, they, they give it as a one. It is really weird. I, I've also seen it the other way too sometimes. So I, yeah, but mm-hmm. essentially, all right, right. This is a, right. this is, this is our, uh, yeah. And what, what's how, how's our other bet doing? I know it was streaky. We like betting the over and the longest touchdown for these bowl games that don't have playoff implications. And, I think it lost three in a row. We got scared and lost another three, but we might be like three games over 500 now, right? With that? Yeah, I really have to track it a little bit better, but I think, yeah, it's probably a few games over. Uh, yesterday, uh, I think it was I think it was two and two, though, yesterday. What, All right. I, can All right forget it. Just yeah. ditch it. <laughs> Just ditch it. Uh, we got Parley Kid. We got Brother Bry. We got that. All right. You know what, Brother Bry, I'm going to go with you. I like that. I just feel like I jinx it when I jump on this bet, but I really just, I think it's a a smart bet. I think we're looking at six touchdowns and I believe one of them will be a yard and a half or less. Nice. And so that's uh, what, what'd you say the odds would be on that? That's probably between minus minus one thirty, minus one. It should be minus one thirty, but I think sometimes you'll see it jump up to minus one fifty, depending. Okay. All right. Uh, Heel producer, Jim. You're so so much money in a tank here. Millions and millions of dollars. 
The I economy know. is thriving, and yet you just keep losing all this money. <laughs> it's just Give us money. a best bet. Give us a winner here. Well, hopefully we won't go into 2020, $20 million in the hole, but right. who are the Jets playing? <laughs> um, the Jets are playing the Idaho Potato Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll take the Bills plus three at Houston, <laughs> New York, baby. <laughs> there you go. Always. <laughs> you can't yes. get out of the Empire State. All right, Bills okay. plus three. I like that too. We're gonna say goodbye to these guys, and as you say goodbye and wish everyone a happy New Year, tell us we're gonna say good riddance to the bad beats of the year and move on. Uh, Brother Bry, worst beat of the year, worst beat of 2019. All right, I'm at the Brother Bry. I would, it's funny, there's so many, I bet so many damn games and I bet pretty much everything that I, I can't actually remember that many bad beats. That's how many games I bet. So I'm going to stick with something (laughs) that I talked about a few weeks ago and probably say the Overeem Rosenstruck was probably the worst because that's probably the worst UFC loss ever. Uh, for me, uh, over him mm-hmm. was up like four nothing, uh, with a few set with like three seconds left in the fifth round and, uh, got knocked out, got his face, uh, exploded, even though the, the official shouldn't have stopped it. So I think mm-hmm. that, uh, that was my worst, definitely the worst I can remember over the last uh, two months. I think like every two or three weeks, brother Bry will text us about a fight. None of us are watching except him. And be like, I just suffered the worst beat of all time. My guy was winning. My guy won all four rounds and then got knocked out with three seconds left. <laughs> Happens I feel a lot. like that's the same thing. I know. That's why but I you, can't you remember had another so one. Many. Yeah. Like Rose. What's her name? Oh, like, well, right. She was, she was yeah, so the Rose and Draj fight when, uh, when Rose, I mean, there couldn't have been a more dominating first round. I thought it was like the best a fighter ever looked in the first round. And then, and the second round's still dominating and then just gets thrown on her head. So, um, yeah, I've right. suffered many, many bad ones. So maybe you, Be can't, careful even count, the, yeah, maybe you can't even count uh, UFC. UFC fighting as uh, a yeah. bad beat, really. Yeah, you're kind of asking for it. It's like betting the under in like a Big 12 game. Right. You're, you're going to get beat one way or another. Um, all right, Harry, worst beat of the year? You know what? Uh, I made a parlay a couple of weeks. I can't remember all of that. I had a million of them, but I, I can't remember the parlay that I had. I, I, I did have one a couple of weeks ago where it was like 18 money line parlay, NFL, college basketball together. And this is, a, this is, a, this is for Tate where I had North Carolina. I didn't even bother to even look into I thought the, I thought it was actually a winner. I just thought that it was in North Carolina minus 1600 against Wofford at home. And they lose that game. Uh, and what's even worse about that game is North Carolina loses at home to Wofford. They went to the line 20 times. They shot better than uh, Wofford, and they had 17 more rebounds. And Wofford went to the free throw line a total of six times, and they still lose at home to Wofford, mm. minus 1,600. Well, I guess that's a bad – they're not that good this year, though. I mean, they barely beat Yale. I don't know. They're, they're just not good. But, all right, if that's your worst beat, good good for you. By the way, Harry's girlfriend just texted. Her worst beat is that uh, – Photo she took on Facebook. She's like she's, <laughs> she, she didn't authorize anyone posting that. She's really upset. Um, Parley kid, your worst beat. Well, uh, it w- wasn't my worst beat financially, but it's the easiest one for me to remember right now. Well, one, it could be any of those quarterback uh, uh, over one and a half touchdowns. Every week I seem to get screwed with yeah. that. Could have been any bet I had on the Rams this year. I lost so much money on right. Ram props and everything like that. Uh, but I'll just stick to something simple. Yesterday, for fun, my, my basically my last bet of 2019, I put like a 10-team money line parlay in with like all big 
big <laughs> college favorites. Nine out of the 10 teams hit. I lose with South Carolina, who was minus 8,000, Sal. Mm-hmm. They were minus 8,000, and they lose at home to uh, Stenson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even know anything about either team. I just know South Carolina beat Virginia last week. They, they have a very good coach, and uh, they were minus 8,000. I just put like 10 teams like that on a parlay yesterday, thinking uh, I wouldn't. I would just win a little bit of money. And uh, how do you lose with minus 8,000? Yeah. How nice would it have been to have had that the other way around? Would have been nice to yeah. have Stenson. Oh, my God, I know. Never All right, been, Darren's why, at, why at, at the Chalk Talk. Why do I even bother? At, at the Chalk Talk. Okay. At the at Chalk, chalk Talk. I will say you should be giving, this is the service we've done to our, uh, our, our listeners and followers here. I, I'm not kidding when I say the parlay kid went four out of five, three out of four, every single parlay with these uh, total touchdowns over one and a half. For like, oh, and then terrible. Like, uh, like, how is this not your bet? I feel like every week Derek Carr has a, uh, a touchdown three minutes into the game. And it gets picked in the end yes, zone. Yes, exactly. You, exactly. You don't get to the two, but you should be giving out these individually because people could uh, straight bet these and make Absolutely. a lot of money. I should. I, I'll do that. I'll do that more next year. And speaking of that, I, I did have a huge one this year with, mm-hmm. and I needed Mahomes to cap it off on the Monday night game. Right. When he threw one like the first drive, and then he got hurt on the goal on the second drive, and that was it. It's like just like that type of stuff happened to me all year with that. So. But you're yeah. right. Individually, next year, I'm going to give those out a lot. That, that, All right, good. Uh, Jim Cunningham, well, I don't know, $2 million. It just, it just rolls off your back, <laughs> Where do right? we start? Did you have any yeah. bad beats? Do you remember? Um, I think the worst bet was probably I bet Tate Frazier five bucks that he wouldn't quit his job, and he did it. Shot. Wow. Yeah, that's all it took. <laughs> that's interesting. Oh, I can't believe that happened. I'll have to read up on that. Can, is there a story on that online or anything? No? Uh, maybe. <laughs> All right. I'll take your, uh, and the, the eyes are uh, ones. And Yeah, Jim Cunningham, the eyes are ones still. All right. You know, I was going to make a big deal. I'm not even going to talk. Everyone knows what my worst beat of the calendar year. It was way back in January. I've had a million of them, but um, Clay Travis and I, Clay, we're on uh, locking in together, 4.30, 5.30 Eastern on FS1. We bought a ticket on Prop Swap. For the Saints to win the Super Bowl, um, I, uh, I get sick talking about it. They played the Rams. They had a ten nothing lead in the championship game. The Saints let them back in. You know the rest. Blatant, blatant pass interference call. Tommy Lee Lewis uh, just barreled over by Nikel Roby Coleman. They show Coleman the play after the game. He's like, "Oh my God, yeah, that was pass interference." And um, nah. my checking account is all screwed up as a result, and so is this league because they consequently they make this rule that doesn't even really exist, like where they could replay now blatant pass interference calls. And I think like they've overturned like three all year or something stupid. So that's my uh, worst beat of the year. But that's it. No bad beats in 2020, right, guys? We're moving on. It's going to be a good year. Silence. I'm sure I'll have one today. For the final episode of 2019 of Against All Odds, like I said, lock it in on FS1 430 to 530 Eastern. Jimmy Kimmel Live 1135 tonight, every weeknight on ABC. And that's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and Heel producer, Jim Cunningham. I'm Sal saying so long, happy handicapping, and have a happy and safe 2020.